0: All right. So, one of one or two of you guys may have heard that story before, maybe? I'll take that as a yes. So, beginning, left cover. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and the spirit and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the spirit of God hovered above the waters. Beautiful beginning to a story. Absolutely iconic epic. We're beginning with creation, the act of creating. All right, so pop quiz time. How many creation stories are there? In the world or in the Bible? In the Bible. In the Bible. We've got two. Two is a great answer. It's also a wrong answer, but it's a great answer. Two is a wonderful answer. So, um, when I went through and counted, uh, I came up with 19. Uh, frankly, the, the ones, some people get as high as like 35, and I think that's just pushing it, really. Um, but, so 19, though, to be frank, that includes fragments. And so, uh, the real kind of more full-bodied ones, we only have six of them. Um, and so we've got Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 through 3 and Proverbs 8 and then Job 38 and then, uh, Psalm seventy-four and John one, but as I said, two is a great answer. It is a wonderful answer, and it is right because at the beginning of the book, uh, at the beginning of the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of the Bible, we've got two different accounts of creation that are put back to back, and so we're going to dive into those a little bit, and so uh, dive in with those two stories. And of course, that means that we're going to be talking about a third, completely unrelated story to start with. So, imagine this. And fair warning, it gets slightly violent. Um, <clears throat> Once upon a time, there were two gods sitting up in heaven. One's name was Apsu, who was the god of fresh water, and one's name was Tiamat, the god of the goddess of the oceans, the salt water. They'd recently become mommy and daddy gods. So congratulations. However, like all babies, their baby gods cried incessantly. And mommy and daddy gods couldn't sleep. I know nothing of this. But apparently, when you have babies, you can't sleep. And so as everybody does, Opsu, the daddy god, said, let's go kill them. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, believe it or not, the mommy do- god didn't really like that. I don't know why. But um, so she uh, warned her son Ea, the most powerful of all of these baby gods, and then he killed Apsu, the father god, before before he had a chance to kill them. Eventually, though, Tiamat began to hate her son Ea because he did, after all, kill her husband. And so Tiamat sought to raise up this army of monsters to come seek revenge on him for killing her husband. Now Ea had a son. So we're on the grandson level now. Ea had a son named Marduk. And he rallied the gods and killed Tiamat, his mother, grandmother. And then he cut her body in half. One half became the earth. And the other half became the heavens. And he also killed her new husband. And out of his blood, he created humans to be his slaves. Then he commanded these humans to build the great city of Babylon, his own city, the city of Marduk. And that's how the world was made. Isn't that a great story? It's a lovely story. Um, It's called the Enuma Elish. It's this story from Babylon, believe it or not, um, from the ancient world. And at one point along the way, the Israelites, our folks from the Bible, were hauled off to Babylon in captivity and were held there as captives in exile for some 70 years. And over time, they learned this story of how the world was made. They heard it. It was all around them. that's just kind of how things were assumed to be. But these Israelites had this different idea about their God, about how the world was really made. The Enuma Elish that we heard is violent. The world was made through murder. The people were fashioned out of blood from the killed enemies, and, and the people were made solely to be slaves of God. And the Israelites had this different idea of how the world worked, and so they came up with this own their own story of what the beginnings were. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, not killing and tearing up a body, but a word spoken into existence. And the Spirit of God hovered above the waters Remember that Tiamat, the mother, is the goddess of oceans. And in myths worldwide throughout um, throughout all of history, really, the deep, dark water almost always represents the chaos, the uncertainty of, of primordial existence. And so God hovers above the water and speaks to it, and it obeys. God takes the chaos of the uncontrollable ocean of Tiamat and... God creates order out of chaos. And God created and God saw that it was good. And then God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from one another. And so God made the dome and separated the waters below from the waters above. So in the ancient world, people looked up, as we do now, as kids do and we're like, why is the sky blue? And what's the answer? Because water's blue, and water's all up there. And so, imagine that, like, you know, those things at aquariums, where those um, things where you can walk in, and you're surrounded by this glass dome, and just all around, use just water. Right, so God creates this dome to separate the waters uh, that God calls sky, and, and there's these waters above and these waters below. And, and so uh, once in a while, as the ancient Hebrews believed, God, you know, opened up one of the, as you might read in King James Version, the windows of heaven. And of course, water fell out and became rain. Right, And so God separates this water and has this dome holding everything at bay. And so God comes in and controls the chaos. The waters creates order. And God creates the plants and the light and the dark and the days and the seasons and the sun and the moon and the stars and the fishes and the animals and the creepy crawly things. And God said that they were good. And then God made humans, and God said, they were very good, made in the image of God. Not like the Enuma Elish that we heard earlier, them being made out of violence and of blood to be people, to be the gods as slaves. No. Humans are made in God's own image. And God said, this is all yours to take care of. Not as a slave as a beloved creation of God. The Enuma Elish, the story the Israelites heard in Babylon, shows humans as bad, formed out of violence, where Genesis 1, the first creation story, shows humans as caretakers, as good, as formed in the image of God. And then God rested on the seventh day. Uh, The rabbis tell us that on the seventh day, uh, it's not like God just stopped creating and and sat back and relaxed, but on the seventh day, God created what's called menuha in Hebrew. God created this deep abiding rest that you can just feel down in your bones. And if humans are slaves, like in the Enuma Elish, when you're a slave, you don't get days off. You work in toil for your master, for the gods. But no, God created this rest. And God looked at all of creation and said that it was good. So if the Enuma Elish tells that the world was made out of violence, Genesis 1, the first creation story, says it's made out of peace by speaking, not by killing. The Babylonians were telling their people one thing and the Israelites were saying, no, there's a different way. God's not like that. God's like this. God's different. And then we pair this grand cosmic creation narrative that we just had in Genesis 1, the first creation story, we pair it with another one. In Genesis 2 and 3, and, and this part of the Bible... Uh, so Genesis was made by bringing together a lot of stories from different, uh, different groups and molding them together to make this one this one uh, beautiful narrative that holds together this kind of beautiful mixing pot of, of all these different ideas that are around at the time in the tradition. And so the priests came up with, uh, with Genesis 1, this giant cosmic vision of God, these regal, majestic, powerful, in control, very above-everything powerful. This vision is coming from the priests. And then in that next chapter, Genesis 2, the editor places this different story with a different theology and a different point. The editor puts this beautiful story, this gritty story, this anthropomorphic God who walks and talks and acts just like other human beings but better. And so if the first story was maybe out of touch, up in the heavens larger than life, this story is right here, right in the soil and right beneath your feet, right in the, the sweat of everyday life. Feet firmly rooted on the ground. So God picks up some of that dirt and molds it, forms it, and then blows life into it. And it's human beings lovingly, care, lovingly created God's handiwork. And God made... God cared so much for God's handiwork that God made all of these plants and animals and a beautiful garden as this home, as this gift for humans. But then, of course, the human's lonely, so God puts the human to sleep and takes out the rib and fashions a partner, a woman named Eve. And it's this story that's tangible. It's very physical. It's very very real versus cosmic. And so our editor of Genesis puts these two stories side by side, this cosmic one and this this gritty one, this kind of physical one, right at the very beginning of the Bible. And they're different, right? One's in scope, for example. One's huge. One's more personal. Um, and, and one's uh, the other one's like intimate and... Tactile and loving, whereas the other, the first one's like larger than life. And so they're two different stories, but they're both trying to encapsulate these Israelites trying to process that other Babylonian story, the Anuma Elish. This idea that the world's created out of violence and that humanity is the world, is the gods as slaves. And both of these stories together, they both say. No, that's not what God's like. Let me tell you about what God's like. Let me tell you about the God of Israel that we know. That they're telling this story that God's peaceable creation imbues everything. The rocks and the water and the the people and the insects and the quarks and quasars and the air and the dust and God's peaceable creation imbues everything with worth and dignity. That it's all a creation of a loving God who is both majestic as Genesis 1 and as personal as Genesis 2. These two stories help the Israelites to combat these violent stories they were being told, allowing them to say, no, there's another way. God's not like that. And they help shape us as well, encouraging us to say, there's another way. God's not like that. This is the story of what God's really like. So may you in your life be given the eyes to see the peaceable creation all around you, the spark of God's creation dancing in every moment of every day and in everything may you draw nearer to this generative God in your life and in your world. May it be so.